Oh, this may or may not come out right because I'm, <laughs> I haven't been officially right diagnosed, yourself. but I'm, I feel like I'm dyslexic. So some words don't come out appropriately. Stick to itiveness. There we go. It came out right. Stick to itiveness, like just doing it. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people who, as soon as a little bit of, you know, he- hesitation or, or an issue or something comes up, they're like, Oh, nope, that's a sign. I, I'm, I'm giving up. I never gave up. Amen. That was just not an option for me. It was not, it wasn't going to happen. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for, even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today is a very special episode. I don't know if you know this, but I have a women's network community called the Decide It's Your Turn Network. And one of the benefits of being a part of this network is that every quarter I choose someone to be a guest on the podcast. We've had numerous people reply and today is our very first chosen guest out of the Decide It's Your Turn Network, Leah Sneffen is joining us and she is the founder of Golf Life Alberta. We had an absolutely fantastic chat about overcoming a victim mentality. You guys are going to take so many keys away from today's episode. Enjoy. Y'all, I'm super excited for today's podcast and here is the reason why. Today, one of my Decide It's Your Turn network like literally, I'm just like so stoked right now. One of my Decided to Return Network girls won the contest to be featured on the Decided to Return podcast. Not only is she an amazing human being, but she was a part of my mastermind. And when my team said, how about Leah Snethem? Did I say it right? Snethem, yeah. Snethem. <laughs> oh, you guys, I've been worried about this podcast all day. How is how to say her name? But when Leah was chosen, I was like, hell to the yes, because I was recently featured on her podcast. And so I thought, like, this is an amazing full circle moment. Leah, I'm so excited that you're here today. I'm excited too. I, I'm usually on the other end. And so and I guess vice versa when I had you on my podcast. So it's fun. Yeah, I do a ton of podcasts, but it's always fun when I get to know someone even more. Like, I feel like I know you, but now it's really fun because I actually really get to know you more and more and kind of go more inside of your story. So before we kind of start jamming out, I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone. Tell us what you do, where you're from and all the fun things. So I am from Alberta, Canada, and that's, uh, you know, today we're having a bit of a, an ice storm up here. So we've had some technical difficulties and we may have some Wi-Fi issues. I'm not sure. Um, 
Uh, with that being said, I, for some reason, work in the golf industry, which is usually only available for five to six months of the year up here. And I run my own amateur golf tour and my own uh, kind of golf marketing um, site, I guess, really just kind of helping pump up all the golf courses. So yeah, just very involved in promoting golf in Alberta. Well, I think it's so interesting because that's one of the reasons why you and I connected because you have always been looking for, you know, some sort of program or coach, but you didn't really find the right person who is, you know, connected to the golf industry. And when I guess you had been following me for like ages and ages when I was on like big break way back in the day that started in 2011, which is insane to think that was over 10 years ago. And when we connected, it was like so amazing because there's not very many female entrepreneurs women that do what you do. And so I was immediately attracted to you and what you've been able to put together in Alberta specifically. So Alberta's, you know, for the listeners who are like, where's Alberta? Right above Montana. It's a province, just like a state. It's where I'm originally from. But you are basically like the king of kings when it comes to amateur golf in Alberta. You have created something from nothing. And you're, the fact that you are a female doing it is one of the craziest, most amazing, awesome things. So how did that all come about? How did you create such a successful tour and marketing media company in Canada around golf? Well, I mean, you know, the, the tour itself kind of started because I was playing, there was a bunch of us playing on a different tour that was kind of national. Um, and then some things happened at one of the national championships where a lot of us just kind of said, we know we don't want to play in this anymore. And so what happened, I actually came home and the day I got home, I got let go from the golf course that I was working at. They're like, yeah, sorry. I know that we said this was year round, but we changed our mind. So have a good winter. And all of a sudden I had all the time in the world to kind of start what we had talked about starting down in Miami at our championship. And so it just kind of naturally evolved. Um, I was a single mama at the time. I really didn't have any money to put into this. I knew kind of what I wanted to do, the direction I wanted to go with it and, and ran with it. I had a lot of people saying, you know, like you always choose the best golf courses. Like we didn't even know how good this course was. And um, I realized that there's just so many great courses in this province specifically that um, that that kind of became my reputation as I was exposing all these kind of hidden gems to people. And all of a sudden people started traveling and they wanted to golf all over the province. And so that's when this other media company was born. That's so freaking cool. So did you have any entrepreneurial background? So I know that a lot of the people inside the network have like their own business or their own side hustle, or they want to start their own business. Have you, had you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Did you have entrepreneurs in your family? What did that look like? Because most people don't even have like the wherewithal to understand that they can create their own thing where they see, you know, and you did it so perfectly because I always say the most successful people see kind of where there's a gap in the market, right? And you had this beautiful opportunity where preparation meets opportunity, where you were just like, oh my gosh, there's a gap. I think I might fill it. And now I've been let go and I'm a single mom and holy crap, maybe this is something I can do. Have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Did you even know what that was? Give us a little backstory on that. No, that's like, that's not even anything that was a part of my life or my family or anyone really that I knew that was, that was just not even a thing. If you would have even asked me 10 years ago, um, I'm going into my 10th year. So it's been nine years for me. If 
I would be running a successful tournament series. Like I had never even run a golf tournament before. And now it's my life's purpose. Like it, it, it kind of fell into my lap to be quite honest. And I know that's not normally the way that it happens, but no, like being an entrepreneur was not a dream of mine. It was not anything. I knew that I did struggle to work for other people. Um, and that I, I felt like there had to be more than kind of, you know, being bossed around by everybody else because they had my own ideas, but I never always got to implement them. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was never really a thought in my mind until all of a sudden one day it just kind of clicked. And I mean, here we are almost 10 years later. <laughs> That's so amazing. I want to know the mindset behind it because I believe everything is like decision, faith and action. And obviously you made the decision that you were going to do this. You obviously had some sort of like, you know, higher power belief that like, okay, this might actually be a thing. And then you took a ton of action because I don't think that anyone who's created something as successful as you can or that you have did it without doing those three things. So how did you decide at the time when this opportunity kind of fell in your lap, when you knew that someone wasn't doing it very well and you knew that you could possibly do it better? What was the decision behind it? What was the mindset behind like, oh my gosh, can I actually do this? Who am I to do this? Because I know this, this is where so many of my clients, so many people who, you know, listen to this podcast struggle how did you make the decision that it could be you and that you had what it takes? So it probably took a little while for me to figure that out. One thing that I did realize very quickly and, and I didn't even really know that I was acting like that at the time was I, I feel like I was kind of raised in and therefore had a bit of a victim mentality mindset. And so for me, you know, especially in that moment, I came home from that big tournament and I was immediately let go from my job. I could have sunk into victim mentality very easily, you know, like that, that was out of my power and it was out of my control. I, it happened to me, right? Oh, what a victim I am. I need to feel sorry for myself. Everyone feels sorry for me, but I didn't have time to do that. I was a single mom and uh, you know, there wasn't much time to figure out what I needed to do. And it just kind of, it just kind of clicked in me that, you know, like, yes, I didn't ask to be fired. I didn't do anything to be fired. It was just the way that the golf industry works up here with, it, with it being so seasonal. And I, I think I just kind of said, like, I, I just need to do what I, I need to do to keep things moving along, especially as a single parent. And that's when I realized like it just something in me clicked. It's like, you need to stop acting like you're the victim in all of this and just take action and do something. And then everything just kind of started getting better in my life. And you and I've had these conversations about, you know, you use the term higher power. I just kind of all of a sudden threw everything out to the universe and whatever was meant to happen would happen. But I also put a ton of the work in too. Amen, so. sister. That yeah. is so, so important. But I am so thankful that you touched on that because so many people come from a situation where they're raised in one, you know, one, one thing that I say to so many clients over and over again is we are no longer our family's decisions. We are no longer our family's decisions. And I think that that's a really important thing to remember is that like, you know, mo I truly do believe that most parents did the absolute best that they can, but I also believe every parent has screwed us up in some sort of, like, there's not one parent who didn't 
screw us up in some regard, but we get to choose a different decision. And for you growing up with kind of like that mindset of, you know, victim mentality, woe is me, why me, all of the things, I think it is so important for people to realize that like, there is probably people out there that's listening who have come from the worst of the worst of the worst. But I guarantee you there's someone that has been come from even worse than that, who has been thriving and they have just decided to get out of that victim mentality. And I think that that is absolutely bang on. And I think it's just, it's life changing and you are a perfect example of that. Like, and, but I think one of the things here that I want everyone to understand, and perhaps you realize this, or perhaps maybe, you know, let me know if I'm on base here, but you didn't have time. You were a single mom. So that like, I just think that there's so much power in having like almost like your back against the wall. I call skin in the game, whatever it is, because that usually causes a person to make changes. When you had that skin in the game, when you had your child, your son that you had to raise and you had to figure out how to get an income, that was kind of your skin in the game to make the change, to take the action. And I think that that is like, you can look at that as like, what was me, you know, all of the things, everything's happened to you. But that was one of the greatest things that happened for you. Because if that wouldn't have happened, you wouldn't have been where you are today. A hundred percent. And even in, you know, uh, that first year, I, I thought everyone would come over from this other tour and everything. And I, we would be having these full shotguns with a hundred people. Like really, Leah, that's not the way it happens. We had, you know, eight people at my first event and maybe 15 at my second. So I did end up getting another job. Um, what happened that first season was kind of crazy though, because I had kind of reached out to a bunch of golf courses. I kind of had set like the idea of having seven tournaments lined up and all of a sudden I started, you know, I got a few yeses and yeah, we won't ask you for a deposit. Cause we know you're not taking registration money in yet. Um, but all of a sudden it was just like, no, 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 no. And my whole plan kind of got axed and it actually, it was funny. I had a rep come into the golf course that I was working at after that. And he's like, Hey, how's it going? Like, I really want to support you. And so he was going to donate some bags and some clubs and some accessories for me. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to do it. I, I just, all these signs are, are pointing to no. And I just, I just, maybe I, I shouldn't do it. And he goes, well, let's talk about what do you have? So anyone that, that knows Alberta, we have kind of three main cities here. Um, Calgary, Red Deer, Edmonton is kind of the, the main corridor. And I happen to have an event booked in each of those places. And then I also had um, the famous Banff Springs book as another one. And that one happened to be at the end. And he's like, why don't you just have the three events and then make your championship at Banff and you just have a really small season walk before you run. You don't have to have seven events off the start walk before you run, just try it, see how it goes. And had I not had that conversation with him that day, I, I don't think I would have gone through with that first season. And, you know, the numbers were super small, um, but here I am now, nine years later, and I've got well over a thousand tournament entries per year. So. Oh my gosh. That makes me so happy. You know, I always believe there's little God winks along the path. I always believe that there's someone coming into our path, no matter what we're doing. You know, I have, I actually just told a story the other day on a podcast about like how my, basically how I shifted from the golf world to the coaching world came from a really, really hard conversation with my agent at the time where he basically told me 
Christina, what you're doing is not a career. It's a one-off. And I remember in that moment, it was like this monumental shift. And we've all had these moments, like these God shake your world moments, whether they are positive, like you, where it was like a walk, like walk before you run situation where the guy just kind of gave you a little bit of hope, or if it was mine, where it really kind of rattled me and pissed me off at the moment, but it kind of, that kind of just shifted everything in the game for me. You know, we've all had those moments, but I think that there's something in a person like, and, and I'd love to know your thought process on this. Cause I think everyone is so different. You know, I was listening to an Ed Milet podcast the other day with Barbara Corcoran, you know, like one of the billion dollar real estate moguls. And he asked her like, what is a quality to a really successful person? And she said, you know, I want a person to be super competitive. What do you think it is in a person that makes them super, super successful? Like what was it that day that you understood that you could walk before you run and you didn't, and you could still move forward and you didn't have to give up on that dream. Like, what is it in you? What is that core thing that you believe that you have that has made you as successful as you are? Oh, this may or may not come out right because I'm, <laughs> I haven't been officially right diagnosed, but I'm, I feel like I'm dyslexic. So some words don't come out appropriately. Stick to itiveness. There we go. It came out right. Stick to itiveness, like just doing it. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of people who, as soon as a little bit of, you know, he hesitation or, or an issue or something comes up, they're like, Oh, nope, that's a sign. I, I'm, I'm giving up. I never gave up. Amen. That was just not an option for me. It was not, it wasn't going to happen because for me in that moment, I guess I also had the backing of some players, not a ton, but some players from this other tour. And I felt like I had a responsibility and still do to this day to provide them with that opportunity. And that's just kind of turned into a family, a community, and we're all very close. We kind of call our group a family and it's just a family that keeps growing every year and more people will join. And sometimes we fight like we're brothers and sisters. And, uh, but at the end of the day, we all, we're, we're a family, we're a golf family. And, and I could never imagine not providing that opportunity to people anymore. Mm, I love it. I think two things that you said there, I really want to point out to the audience. Number one, you just stuck with it. You felt like you had a responsibility to stick with it for the people that were backing you up. I totally agree with that. When my very first, uh, when I was doing my very first live event, my partner backed out after like two weeks, but we had already sold, we'd sold more than one ticket, but it was, it was a small amount, you know, but I had one person that I felt like I had a responsibility to where I said, I'm like, I am not letting this person down no matter what I am not letting these, you know, I think at the time it was like 14 tickets. I was like, I am not letting these 14 people down. And I love that because I believe that there's, you know, just like we talked about in the mastermind, right? You have some sort of accountability to someone. I believe, you know, every person has a God-given responsibility to live out their purpose or whatever that is. And you took that as a very serious thing. So that was number one thing that you said. And the fact that you felt like that was your responsibility. And number two, you just stuck with it, right? I have a, a male client, a one-on-one -on -one coaching client, and he truly believes his key to success. And he does very, very well financially. He, he just does extremely well, but he believes his key to success is the fact that he literally is just unbelievably consistent. And I think yep. it's the truth. Like yep. you, like you said, you've just stuck with it no matter what. And when you are a person who makes a decision and you show up to that decision, no matter what, there is zero chance of failure. Zero.
Yeah, exactly. And I know people can't see this, but I'm going to hold this up to you. These are my words for this year, which are consistency and structure. Um, the structure thing is something I, I'm, I'm working on um, because I kind of, I've always done things on a bit of a whim. I've always shown up and I've always done the work, but now it's kind of getting to this point where I need to have some structure in that too. Um, but yeah, the consistency and the structure is so important. And that's, that's how you get to the next step. It's how you kind of break things down into manageable steps in order to keep moving forward. Yes, I love it. Um, so for, you know, if, if someone listens to this podcast and they haven't listened to all of the podcasts, I had uh, Jamie Johnson. He's a country singer. It's his only podcast he's ever done. He's a good friend of mine. He was on the show. You know, he has had some of the greatest hits, Grammy Award nominees, all the things. And he said on the podcast, he said, when quitting is not an option, everything else is. And I truly want the audience to hear that the only reason why Leah's successful, Jamie's successful, I'm successful, and most successful people are successful is because they were consistent and they just didn't quit. Like there is no chance for failure if you do not quit. There's no chance that it's not going to work. Maybe you it doesn't work the way that you think it's supposed to. Maybe it doesn't work the, the timeline that you want to. But if you keep going, something will present itself. And I just think that that is unbelievably important. Like failure, fail, we're all going to fail a thousand times. You probably failed this week. I failed today, you know. But at the same time, we just are not going to quit. So it's going to present itself. I absolutely love that. I think it's just like, it's everything. And, and you getting rid of that mentality of, you know, it's, it's hurt. It's, you know, this happened to me instead of like, okay, this is happening for me. How do I move forward with this? How do I take responsibility for my own life? Do you know how many people nowadays just don't take responsibility for their freaking lives? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you mentioned the word failure. That's not even really in my vocabulary anymore. I, I don't fail. I learn. Yes. If something didn't go right. It's not a failure. It's just a learning opportunity and I'm going to change it up and I'm going to do it different next time. I don't, I, I succeed or I learn. I don't fail. That's yes. one of my other things. So, oh my God, I love it. Well, yeah. And there's no, and you know, I've always said, you know, obviously the whole brand is decided to return, right? There's no wrong decision. Go left, go right. If you don't like left the first time, go right next time. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's all a learning, you know, Lori Harder said indecision is still a decision. Make a freaking decision and keep going, right? Keep moving forward, make the lesson, you know, fall on your face, stand right up and make a different decision next time. I love it. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that you said were um, another big decision for you is that you are an HSP. Why don't you explain what that is to everyone? I know what it is, but why don't you explain what that is and why that's a big decision of why everything in your life now makes a lot of sense? Okay. So this is a very recent learning and I have to say, like becoming aware of this, it just, it literally it has been so mind blowing. And I know that I've always been very self-aware and I've done this personal development stuff forever, but like learning that I'm HSP has been a complete game changer in my entire life. So for those who don't know, HSP technically stands for highly sensitive person. I hate that term because they think that means emotionally. Um, so I use the term high sensory processing basically all of my senses are heightened. You know, I see, you know, I need to have lamps rather than overhead lights. I don't like the feel of denim or tags on my skin. I like 
I feel cold or warm, you know, right now my furnace hasn't been working for hours and I'm in this like little Sherpa jacket here. And, you know, I feel colder or warmer than most. Um, just all of my senses and yes, emotionally as well, my senses are just heightened. So I'm just hyper sensitive to everything in, in my world, in my existence. And that includes reading people's facial expressions or their, you know, hand gestures or their, just how they carry themselves, reading the way that their eyes look when they smile is, are they actually happy? Are they trying to fake smile? You know, like little things like that. And all of a sudden, you know, my whole world for my entire life just made more sense. Anyone who knows me when I was younger, I used to, my best friend called me a bumblebee once because I, I wouldn't wear jeans. And so I wore like leggings and these big baggy sweaters in grade four. And my, my, one of my more famous outfits was like a yellow sweater with my black leggings. So she called me a bumblebee all the time and it hurt my feelings at first. <laughs> I didn't know why she was calling me a bumblebee, but you know, like this HSP thing has just, it, if you don't know about it and you don't know, um, like if you are HSP and you don't know that you are, and you don't know how to kind of use this as your superpower, um, it can be very overwhelming and it can be really difficult and it, it's hard to connect with people. It's hard. Like just everything is, is very difficult because everything is so heightened. Your highs are super high and your lows are super low. Um, but as soon as you, you know, for me, I, I figured it about just over a year ago, um, as soon as I figured it out, it's like, now this is my, my superpower. My husband hates <laughs> when I'm like, Oh yeah, it's this way because I'm HSP or this is an HSP thing. And he's just rolls his eyes or whatever. But like, he's in his, he's like, is there a thing called like NSP non-sensitive person? <laughs> yeah. Most guys have that. I'm sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, it's, it's different. He totally doesn't understand it. I'm lucky that his mom is also an HSP and, and between the two of us, we've kind of been able to bond over that and, and help make that our superpower together. So yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. There's, and it's about 20% of the population. So one in five people are HSP. It's not that rare, um, but it's also not that common. Hey ladies, listen up. I wanted to let you know the Decide It's Your Turn Mastermind is now open for enrollment. I've been doing this mastermind for over four years now and women are walking away more confident, more in their purpose, more in alignment to do the thing that they are absolutely put on this planet to do. You don't have to have a business, but if you do, I guarantee you'll walk away more confident to make those sales. If you need more confidence to live a life that you're absolutely obsessed with, you will walk away more in alignment than ever before. This mastermind includes one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. This is what sets it apart. My job is to make sure I hold you accountable to living a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. And I know this mastermind is the thing to do it. Connect with me on Instagram at bchristina. Check the show notes, send me an email. Seats are filling up fast. One-on-one -on -one coaching is included in this four-month mastermind. I'd love to have you there and I can't wait. Well, I'm sure a lot of our listeners will want to know, like, and I'm, cause I'm sure there's people listening 20% perhaps that are listening to this going, Oh my gosh, how did you find this out? Like, so how did you find this out? That's a great question. I, I don't even know exactly how I came across it. I think I was just kind of trying to learn certain traits that I had and why, you know, for me, I'm a big personality person. I, I, you know, I've told you this, my Myers-Briggs and my Enneagram and all that kind of stuff. Like I love 
knowing mine and redoing mine often to see if I have changed, but I love knowing everyone else's as well. I love knowing how to communicate with people, what makes them tick, what makes them shut down and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think it was just when I was researching, you know, different things about personality traits, I came across this and there was a little self-test. And so I did it. And I believe there's 27 questions on this little self-test. And I answered every single one of them with a yes. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, now there's books. There's, there's highly sensitive, you know, books for the highly sensitive person, the highly sensitive person in love, highly sensitive kids, you name it. Um, there's been research done on it. And there's actually even a lot of psychologists who aren't really aware of or well-versed in this HSP stuff. Cool. So how do you use it as, because I'm just so curious and I'm sure everyone else is too. How do you use it to your advantage? For me, um, you know, I'll, I'll use my golf tournaments for, for example, because, you know, that's where I have the most in-person contact with people. I live very remotely in the middle of nowhere, so I don't see people out here a ton, but when I'm at my tournaments, it provides me an opportunity to just kind of, you know, I can, I can look at someone and within 30 seconds, I kind of know how to interact with them. Um, whether they're extroverted or introverted, that will kind of dictate on how much excitement I kind of open up the conversation with, right? I'm very introverted. People will argue that till the cows come home, but like, I just know how to put on, you know, the act when I need to. And so on tournament days, I love just kind of, you know, I've, I've got this little, I don't know, filing system in my brain of like, okay, you're that type of person. You're that type of person. You're that type of person. And then I can tell too, if they don't want to continue a conversation, I can just see like, they're trying to pull away from it. I'll stop the conversation or if they want to continue a conversation and, and talk some more and maybe have, you know, a deeper talk. That's another thing that my um, personality trait loves to go deep. I'm not a big small talk person. I'll do it oh when I God, need no to. No wonder I love you. No wonder everyone <laughs> in the mastermind and the network loves you because we're all exactly the same. Like we are like here for like, so what do you do? Okay. What's your deepest, darkest secret? And what yeah. room do you have and how can we overcome it today? <laughs> <laughs> it's totally it though. Right. And there's some oh people, <laughs> there's people on my tour, for example, that like, like that's, that's it that and I've connected with them on that level from the moment I've met them because I could tell they were open to that conversation and we just went into it like that and then there's some that you know I just kind of stayed very surface level with because I can you know I, I read it I read that body language I read the eye contact I you know I just that's it's reading people for me that's the biggest part of the superpower is like you don't like me or you you want to continue this conversation one of, you know, as I'm talking about not this person not liking me, one of the things that you and I have talked about before is getting over that fear of, you know, people not liking you mm -hmm. and, or just, you know, trying to get everyone to like you. But my thing is like, just think you're a flavor of ice cream, right? And not everyone likes, let's, let's just call it, well, let, what's a weird I don't even know. Pistachio ice cream. I love pistachio right? ice cream. But not everyone does. No, right? No. Very much. Not I don't everyone like does. chocolate ice cream. So there you go. Right. That's and it's like that pistachio ice cream never did anything to that person. They just don't like it. And that's that's how you are with other people, especially in the in the digital world. And if you're posting stories or whatever, you know, some people are totally gonna vibe with you and some aren't. And there's really there's nothing you can do on either side to change that. And it's okay. 
And it's just, you're not going to be everyone's flavor of ice cream and it's fine. Absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, there's the people who are obviously listening to this podcast, you know, every week when we have a new guest, so you're probably going to share this and your community will listen to it. And some people will be like, oh my gosh, I can't stand that chick. And then other people will be like, oh my God, I need that chick in my life. You know, it's just, that's just exactly the way it is. It's just an ice cream flavor, right? You should love chocolate ice cream. I just don't really like chocolate in general. I love sweets, but I just don't like chocolate. Um, you know, it's funny what you were talking about there. Uh, so back in my day, when I did the corporate golf events, you know, you obviously resonate with this, but I think that, you know, I called myself a human connection uh, specialist because I truly do believe that's what I did the best. Yeah. I looked a certain way. Yeah. I played golf a little bit, but really the thing I did the best was I was able to read a person within two minutes. I knew not even two minutes, usually 30 seconds. They come up to the tee and I'm hitting shots for them, or I'm playing in a group. I know if I can be like, what's up, fuckers, let's do this. And like, <laughs> literally I've said that a thousand times. And some of them thrive on that. And then other times I'm like, hey guys, how you doing today? How are you playing? Like it's both, right? You can yep. literally do both and you have to be able to read that because if you say, what's up fuckers to the wrong guys, you're in big trouble. And then <laughs> if, if your party group comes up or you're like, you know, guys who want to have fun come up and you're just like, hey guys, how you playing today? They're kind of like, who's this chick? You're boring. Yeah. You're boring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 100%. So that's a huge part of it. And also what I do now in the coaching industry, right? I have to know almost within two seconds of getting on a call, what that person's feeling for the day and how are they, you know, are they low vibe? Are they high vibe? Are they frustrated? Have they had something go wrong in their business? Not everyone I work with is for business, you know, is it a personal thing? And you have to be able to do that. So I'm sure I have a, a part of me uh, that's quite sensitive to all of the things, but I've never actually tested myself. But I, I do believe that, you know, I'm a big proponent of, you know, oftentimes our um, biggest superpower is usually our biggest weakness, right? Like one of my biggest strengths is the fact that I freaking love people and I want to help people. One of my biggest weaknesses is that I freaking love people and I take on too much responsibility to, you know, help them, make them happy, cure them, like fix their businesses and all the things. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like a both and situation. Um, kind of like switching gears here kind of a little bit. One of the things that you said when we were uh, initially when I was going through your form, you know, you have a mentality that is you own your mentality. And I think that that is like one of the keys to your success. And we were talking about, you know, the victim mentality and overcoming that, but you own everything that you do. And I think that like, and over the course of all of the months that we've been working together and you in the network and all the things you really have, you know, you own your shit. And I think that's one of the like really cool things about your success. And I feel like I kind of do the same thing. I'm just a person. And I know you are as well, a person of high integrity. Like if I've done something wrong, how do I fix it? You know, if I believe something is true, I'm going to probably fight for it if it matters to me. So how does the owning it mentality and overcoming the victim mentality, how does that affect not only your personal life, but your business as well? Oh God, it's, it's the most important thing. So for me, like, and I think I kind of wrote this down too. My thing is you are responsible for every action, inaction and reaction in your life. That's why you need to own it. Um, you, you know, me losing my job the day I got back from that golf tournament. I'm responsible. I, I obviously had no say in whether or not I was keeping my job, but I'm responsible for my reaction to that. And, and in there, 
that's where I was choosing to either be a victim and pout about it or do something about it, continue forward with my life. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's so important. I feel like that's part of the reason why I've grown as quickly as I have too, because, you know, everyone that, that interacts with me, who, who plays one of my tournaments, who even interacts with me on my digital space, on my marketing side, like they just, I show up and I'm there and I have that integrity and, and I, I own it. If I forget to do something, I don't blame it on whatever it's, no, okay. I forgot to do it. Sorry. Or yeah, sometimes like lately it's been a sick kid. Yeah. I just don't have time to put the sick kid to the side. Cause he's clinging to me. Right. So sorry. I know I said I was going to do it, but I didn't, but now I'm going to do it. So, you know, I just, I'm very open, honest. And, you know, I, I also highly value everyone's opinion too. You know, what one person says isn't necessarily like, I'm not going to listen to it every single time, but it is very important to me to get feedback constantly from the people who are a part of my brands and listen to what they want. Because if I just keep going down my own path, I've seen it before when I've worked for other people, it's like, this isn't what the people want. Why are we doing this? It's because that's what you want. But what about what the people want? You know, that's, that's really important that to, to still, especially when you have this digital presence or, you know, running this golf tournament or whatever, it's so important to take that feedback into account. And so I have advisory committees that are volunteers on both of those brands that are made up of people who have followed my path for years. And I take everything that they say into account. Oh, I think that is so smart. You guys pay attention, like hit that back 15 second button a few times, because I think so many people forget this step, like 110%. You have a vision of your mind of what it's supposed to be doing, but you forget to listen to the people that are around you. This is the reason why I believe so, like the reason why we're doing this podcast today is because Leah was a member of the network. She won the opportunity to be on the podcast. We, we do this once every quarter. So someone in the network gets the opportunity to come and share their story on the podcast. And, but this is the power of being in a network. This is the power of being around high vibrational people who are going to help you get to where you want to go, whether that's in life and or business. And you have done a phenomenal job, not only putting yourself into masterminds and networks and all the things, but you have people in your industry around you all the time where you are learning from them and growing from what they have to say and being a part of that. And I think it's astronomically important. And I think not enough people do it. Like if you want to go further, be around people who are, who want bigger, greater, better. Like you are not going to go anywhere fast if you're not around people who are already doing the things that you absolutely want to do. And I think that that's like so important. And I'm so glad that we touched on that. The fact that you're willing to say, Hey, I don't have all the answers. You know, I think one of the reasons why people trust me, and I actually think, you know, obviously being a confidence coach, I actually think people believe I am so confident because I am a person who's willing to say, you know what, I don't have the answer to that, but let me find out. And people literally do not, like, I don't, I'm confident enough in myself to say, hey, like, this is my area of expertise. This isn't, let me find that out. Or I want to learn from you. Like, how did you find out you're a highly sensitive person? I don't know that fucking answer to that, but I, 
I love the fact that you're willing to grow and you want to be around people who are allowing you to grow and you're listening for what they want. I think it's unbelievably important and not enough people understand the power of who you surround yourself with and listening to other people's points of view and values. I love it. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. I feel like some people kind of get stuck in this whole, like in order to appear confident or appear competent that you you need to appear like you have all the answers and that's not it at all. I, you know, never be the smartest person in the room. Yes. My husband says that all the time. It's bang on. Like, like I literally, I, I'm the first person to say a client will come to me and they'll be like, Hey, how did you set up that, um, you know, spreadsheet or that program or whatever? I was like, I have absolutely no, I no idea, none whatsoever, but let me find out for you. <laughs> I know yeah. that, that is not my area of expertise. I love it. That's so funny. Well, I'm glad that you touched on that because I really do think it's really important that, and one of the keys to your success, like one of the reasons why you are so successful. So where is Leah going from here now? Like, so obviously, you know, Alberta golf tour is thriving, you know, uh, you are doing play golf or golf life, Alberta, pardon me, golf life, Alberta, the media, um, company that, which is going really, really well right now. Where does Leah go from here? What do you see? What is the vision? Oh man, there's, <laughs> there's a big vision, um, but it's, it's kind of being, um, you know, picked out away a little slower um, because right now my son is kind of coming up the ranks in this elite junior golf stuff. So my focus yes. is a little bit to, to him and making sure that, you know, he's playing all the events that he needs to play. So that's a ton of travel for him because the Canadian golfers kind of need to go down to the States to get noticed <laughs> and play the tournaments down there. So tons of, of different things for that over the next three year, three and a half years, really. Um, but outside of that, what I'm still picking away at is, you know, there's still a lot of room on, on that golf life, Alberta side for me. Um, there's, there's a recognition piece that I'm working on right now. This is my first golf life, Alberta awards where I want to recognize a bunch of the golf courses, you know, like the PG of Alberta recognizes the pros and um, the AGSA recognizes the superintendents. There's just really nothing out there. And, and Alberta golf kind of recognizes the players, but there's nothing out there recognizing like the actual courses besides, you know, the big like score golf top 100, the, the same, you know, the band, the Jaspers that get noticed every time. Um, there's so much good golf in this province that, I wanted to do these, these awards, you know, so between that and maybe, you know, like a, an actual timely digital magazine and things like that. Like there's just so much little pieces of growth that I can do within golf life, Alberta, the tour, you know, I'm getting requests to expand to Saskatchewan and BC. So, you know, there's thoughts about that. It's just, you know, the current times right now make that a bit of a struggle you never know what provincial borders are going to eventually end up doing and all that kind of stuff so you know there's there's certainly pieces that that can be expanded upon and and i'm going to do that when the time is right i'm not in a rush to kind of you know do too much too quickly um i used to be like that too that i guess that's another lesson that i learned is it's that it's that walking i really like to sprint <laughs> Like yeah. I'm not, I'm really bad at yoga. Like I can't do it because two, not even two minutes in probably 45 seconds in, I'm like, hey, I'm bored. This is, I'm, I'm done. I got to run or I got to do something. <laughs> 
I love I love yoga. I haven't practiced enough since the the pandemic happened. I like used to go to this hot yoga studio. I love it. I need to do that more because um, it's for us. It's you probably need it yourself. It's for us I know. highly <laughs> driven people who need to slow the hell down. But you know your walk uh, walk before you run is a, a really great mantra, and I hope everyone listens to it. So I always ask a final question to my guests, which is this: if uh, was there ever a decision that you were afraid to make, but once you made it, it became one of the greatest decisions ever? And if it wasn't, what lesson did you learn? Hmm. You know, I would, I would say um, <laughs> one of the scariest things for me was, and it's funny what it's done to me. Okay, so five years into the tour. I was like, okay, I need, I need some sponsorship. So I made a decision that I was just going to send out emails to, especially like Alberta based companies on sponsorship for the tour. Well, I got one back and there was really like, there was no contract involved. There was nothing, but this company ended up giving me $10,000, which at the time, especially as a single parent, like that's a lot of money. And I ended up investing in a bunch of tournament materials that I never could afford previously. So, you know, like my registration tent and my table, my tablecloth, a bunch of flags, a bunch of banners, things that made it look legit, like pro tournament. Right. Um, but then I, I felt like, you know, there was no real like contract or deliverables or like activations or anything on there. And so I felt like I, I didn't serve them properly because I didn't know what they expected back from me. It was just very loose. Um, and so ever since then, and as you know, up until now this year, um, I've been terrified to ask for sponsorship because I felt, I feel like I'm still like paying that one back in a way. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been super scary. So I've, I've come up with every excuse in the world to not look for sponsors for the last five years. And that's just silly. So as soon as I joined this mastermind, that's part of why I joined this mastermind um, was because I knew I needed a little kick in the butt to like get past this. It was, you know, kind of one of those limiting beliefs and everything. So, yeah, I mean, at the time, obviously the decision turned out fantastic. It was great. And I got everything that I needed for the tour, but then it scared me. It was like, oh, this is too much success too quick. Like I can't, nope, nope. And, and I got scared and I backed away. And then, yeah, there was several years there where I just kind of almost was status quo because I was scared mm. and, and that imposter syndrome and, you know, was kicking in and I, I, I didn't know what to do. And then this year, you know, especially with this pandemic golf has really, you know, participation in golf in general has just skyrocketed. And so I made a commitment to to get back on the horse and to not be scared anymore and to just suck up this imposter syndrome and own it. You know, it's, it's on me, whether I do it or not, it's all on me. And that's my decision. And it's a result of my action or in this case, inaction or reaction to something that happens. So um, I needed to turn that around and I have. So I'm so freaking proud of you. And I'm so glad that you talked about this because I think it is at like, there is so many people right now that are listening to this that are resonating with this so hard because most people don't realize, like most people outside looking in go, how in the world could a person be afraid of success? And I will tell you over the years, it doesn't matter what it is. 
people over and over and over and over again are afraid to be successful because there is an there is another set of worry and scare when you come like when you are successful it's a whole nother level can you handle it what will people think who am i to be doing this all of the things but i want anyone who's listening to this podcast in like alberta or a 500 mile 500 kilometer radius Leah just told you she has one of the absolute best family oriented thousand people sign up uh, events. She does an unbelievable job. She cares so much about what she does. The tour is set in the best hidden gem golf courses in Alberta. And this woman absolutely 100% needs sponsorships, deserves sponsorships. And I'm holding her ass to the fire to make sure she gets <laughs> out there and ask for these sponsorships because there is companies that should be begging to be on your tour. And it's just going to take one person to kind of get that, you know, the business I always use the business word or phrase or whatever it is. It's like the flywheel, right? It's really hard to kind of get started. But like once you kind of get started, once the flywheel starts in starts in motion, it just becomes, it just goes faster, easier, smoother. It's always hard. Like I want everyone to hear this. It's always hardest the first time. That first $10,000, even though that came, you know, relatively easy and quick, you stopped yourself in the fear of having the success. This first one, the next one, it's going to be a little bit harder, but once it gets going again, it's just going to be this flywheel that just goes faster and faster and faster. And I really, truly do believe that you are going to continue to thrive because you are so damn good at what you do. Well, thank you. And thank you for holding me accountable to that this year. You know, that's, that was, that was the number one for me is I, I needed, you know, I, I needed to take accountability for my own inactions. And that is why I finally, after what, how many years of watching you? I mean, I can't believe it was 10 years. You guys, it was the craziest thing on the planet. When Leah messaged me, she's like, yeah, I've been following you for like 10 years. I want to join your mastermind. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? I'm sorry. What? You've been here for 10 years. I don't even like, how have you not messaged me in 10 freaking years? But that's also proof for my online audience, people who are just like, oh, no one follows me. That is some bullshit because there's people who've been following you for 10 years that don't, you don't even know they exist. <laughs> yep. It's true. <laughs> oh, you guys, I have loved today's episode. Leah, if people are wanting to find you, especially our Canadian audience, um, and you know, Leah is coming down to the States and hopefully she's going to put on a few more uh, events down in like the Arizona, Florida area. But uh, how do we follow Leah? You And also too, you guys can meet her and decide it's your turn in the network. But um, how do people get a hold of you, especially in Alberta? Tell us all the things, all the places, and then it will definitely be in the show notes as well. Yeah. On uh, Instagram, my personal is leahs.travels. Uh, I'm also a travel agent, but I also just travel all around. Um, <laughs> my uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter for the tour is Alberta Golf Tour, all one word. And same deal with the Golf Life Alberta is just Golf Life AB on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. Awesome. Thanks for being here, girl. I loved it. Thanks for having me. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment, in any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time. <laughs>